looking for the God story and news of the day. My Michelle Live News and Views. Here's Michelle. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me. They're everywhere. The Woking Dead, an army of undead ghouls turning millions into mindless devourers of all things good in America. Think about it. They're attacking George Washington, Dave Chappelle, Abraham Lincoln. They've taken over the your children's education. Welcome to back to school, kids. And even my beloved sporting events. Come on, people. But one man is bringing it to our attention. He is taking it on. He is calling it out, even though he's not afraid of being canceled. A.J. Rice. Yes, denied. We're not going to let him be denied. He has written The Woking Dead, an important book, How Society's Vogue Virus destroys our culture. AJ is president and CEO of Publius PR. He's editor-in-chief of the Publius National Post. And AJ and I have worked together for years, giving you some of the top-notch A-list of important people that are movers, shakers, and pointing out what's going on in our society. He's the man behind it all. He's the man behind this book. So good to have you, my friend. Thank you. Great to be here, Michelle. You're a true patriot. And we just want to thank you and your audience for being allies all these years. Hey, someone's got to do it, but the risk of being canceled, we've, we love America. There's so much that's happening, like the proverbial crab in the pot. The temperature gets turned up, things change, and we just kind of incremental, and we just get used to it until one of these days we go from woke to being awakened. And that's what I want to tell you as you're watching or listening today. There's a scripture verse in Romans 13, 11 that says, knowing the time that is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now, salvation is nearer to us than we believed. It's important to realize there's a difference, AJ, between being awakened and being woke. Absolutely. And conservatives are just traditional Americans are officially awake to the fact that most of this stuff is cultural Marxism, which is derivative of any type of uh, atheist ideology. And that it's a way, it's a soft tyranny where they're trying to capture us, also trying to capture our, they, the hundred years ago, cultural Marxists came on the scenes or just Marxists at the time came on the scene and said, how are we going to flip the United States? We think we can flip Russia. We might be able to flip England. How can we flip the workers of the United States into overthrowing their government? And what they found was the blue collar people of the United States were very patriotic and they weren't going to get a revolution of carpenters and bricklayers and plumbers. So they had to find someone else to be their foot soldiers. And this will sound eerily familiar to your audience, and that is they infested the media. They infested the Democrat Party. They invaded the entertainment industry. They invaded the public school system. Also, many of these sort of university projects, and there's more universities today than there was then, but the ones that weren't faith-based, they were able to capture. And if you fast forward 100 years, these are some of the same villains that we're up against here fighting for our culture. The only difference, of course, and you touched on it briefly there, is now they have big tech 
acting as their force field, acting as their enforcer. They all refuel and take off and land like an aircraft carrier from big tech kind of holds it all together. And the digital brown shirts that run around mm. canceling people and deplatforming people and demonetizing people really are their jackboots. And a hundred years ago, trying to cancel the Bible or trying to cancel Ernest Hemingway or George Orwell or Ray Bradbury, you couldn't do it. It took a long time. You'd have to shut printing presses down and it was much harder. Whereas today you can get canceled rather quick just by having your server knocked offline. I'm a firm believer that it's important for us to have dissenting ideas and dissenting views. Very important. So nowhere am I against and fighting against a person. I want to argue against their points. And their points are important because back to the Bible is iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. You come at me with some of your ideas, some of your thoughts, some things that I don't necessarily agree with. I've got to be sharp. I've got to be on the ball. I've got to know my points. And I've got to even listen to you because you may have a point. You may be touching on something that I haven't necessarily looked into. And so that's where our society needs that the dissent. But we've come to a place, as you pointed out, where that is no longer allowed. Done. Look, you, the point you just made is crystal clear. You want to fight with them in the arena of ideas. You want to do battle in the arena of ideas. <laughs> they don't want to do they don't want to do battle in the arena of ideas. They want to do battle with identity. They want to do battle with Ugh. race and gender and sexual orientation. They want to really uh, they want to shoehorn you into their little Benetton ad, their little sushi menu of different grievance groups and say, Ugh. "You need to believe this because your last name's Mendoza." And Rice, you need to believe this because you're an Irishman from Philadelphia, right? And you need to believe this and you need to believe that, or you have privilege, or you have this, or you're cisgendered, you have cisgender privilege, or whatever wacky stuff they want to throw at you. Because if they're going to fight you head on, your liberty versus their version of tyranny, they're going to lose. And the bigger the audience of Americans you have, they're going to lose even bigger because regular folks... 80% of us do not buy into this garbage. I, we're fighting the tyranny of the minority here, right? The propagandists online and in the news media, they want to make it seem like we're fighting some overwhelming army where, you know, when it's only like 1.4 million or 1.4% of the people in the United States think of themselves as trans, they want to pretend like there's some trans army and, and, and it's, it's crashing on our shores. When in reality, you've never met any of these people. You're not going to meet these people. I, you can run around your whole life and not hit one of them. Get struck by lightning first. But that's the deal, though. They're very powerful. They've got money behind them. So the LGBTQ mafia, they're always looking for someone to ding them so that they can get you a pair of cement shoes and drop you in the river. That's what they want to do. They, wanna, they will deplatform you. They will attack you physically even. Don't forget, someone jumped on stage in Los Angeles and tried to stab Dave Chappelle for making trans jokes. And Dave Chappelle, he's not Mendoza. He's not Rice. He's not Clarence Thomas. He's not Ben Carson. He's a Democrat black guy from D.C. But like all revolutions, Michelle, and you know this, they eventually start to, there's no targets left. 
and they'll try to eat themselves, right? The Me Too movement tried to eat itself. They picked off some creepy guys that definitely should have been called out. Ironically, of course, the same media was covering for these people for decades. Still are. All of a sudden, they were there. All of a sudden, they were outraged about Matt Lauer and Harvey Weinstein. But look, we're in this fight, and I think it's an 80% issue. I think many Democrats don't, they don't want to hear that the country was founded on white supremacy and letting Gary and Steve in the women's locker room. I don't think they're down with that. Yeah, and it's the one-dimensional, there's no nuance to some of the rewrite of history. Now, as you're listening to AJ, I'm just going to say, that's the kind of energy and fun that's put into the book. And there's some laugh-out-loud moments. Because I think for even those who, you tend to be on the more conservative side, but even for those who aren't, we're starting to go, wait, this has just gotten too wacky. When your child comes home from school and they're suddenly a different gender. This is where you're saying, wait, what's happening here? The kid still believes in Santa Claus and you're going to let them make a choice for the rest of their lives based on uh, some kind of weird ideology. So uh, you lay out in your book in, in a lot of different ways. And the book is really good for people with short attention spans, by the way. Short chapters gets right to the point. I love that. You lay out some of the issues that people are waking up to today. Do you want to just highlight some of those? Let's talk a little bit about religion, because I know you guys discussed that here. So there was a very famous comedian that the religious community at the time didn't like that made an astute point in the 60s. His name was Lenny Bruce. He was not, Lenny he was Bruce. definitely an R-rated, yeah, he was definitely an R-rated comedian. But one of the points he made was, you can pick on God as long as you pick on the right God. See, if you pick on Allah or if you pick on Marx or you pick on the Obamas, you get zing. If you pick on Christianity, you pick on Judaism, you pick on capitalism, you're fine because they're not a protected group. And it's funny because some of the people that are joining our cause against wokeism are some people that don't believe in God at all. Like Bill Maher doesn't agree with Michelle and AJ on much. But the one thing he does agree on is that he's a free speech absolutist. And the one thing he knows, and I'm Catholic, so I'll make this joke, and I think he was raised Catholic too. The one thing he knows is if he makes fun of Catholics, he's not going to get a bunch of Jesuits jumping out of the bushes and trying to stab him. But if you're Salman Rushdie, his friend, and you wrote a book critiquing Islam and critiquing the mulocracy in Iran and critiquing Muhammad, 30 years later, somebody may jump on stage and try to stab you. And it's like, just like I said with Chappelle a minute ago, guys, ladies and gentlemen, if they can't get you digitally, they may come after you physically. They're jumping on stage with knives, with Chappelle, with Salman Rushdie. They jumped on stage and tried to stab Lee Zeldin, who's a Jewish guy, run Jewish congressman running for the governor of New York. They're giving out Brett Kavanaugh's home address. These people, some of them are unhinged. And the one thing I want to remind everyone, cancel culture doesn't always have to come from left-wing radicals. It can come from Islamic radicals. We're experiencing a bit of a fatwa against certain things here in our culture. Traditional values, there's a fatwa against them from the left. Remember the video of the Taliban shooting those RPGs at those Buddhist statues in Afghanistan, famous. That's what they're doing here. Atlantic Magazine, Ouch. no matter what type, of, what type of Christianity you are, the Atlantic Magazine wrote a piece recently saying, 
that the rosary was dangerous and to pray the rosary was some subliminal form of the patriarchy, white supremacy, and that if you see someone like the Little Sisters of the Poor or the Franciscan nuns, if you see them praying the rosary, at any minute they may pull out an AR-15 and light the place up. I mean, this, <laughs> Hey, this, come on. There's a lot of room under those habits, baby. A lot of room. Right. Come on. That's right. That's right. Sally Field and the Flying Nun with a bazooka. Look. See a remake. That's, yeah, that's how they're categorizing us. So just remember, cancel culture comes in a lot of different forms. It does. And you touched on something, a privileged class. You have a chapter in your book talking about Mary Sue from Star Trek, a Star Trek episode, just the absolute perfect woman. And yet we see that today. You used an analogy of other shows where you have this perfect figure. I say like, you remember the one recent Wonder Woman series? They fell flat because there was no character development. There was no, you, there was no imperfections. Everything she did, the way she walked, the way she talked, the way she dressed, absolutely perfect all of the time there's and perfectly boring perfectly dull we are not perfect no one's perfect no not one and when we have a protected class or protected people that are untouchable we disallow the ability for people to grow for people to say i'm sorry i was wrong for people to be held accountable by the media camilla harris you cite is our recent mary sue and michelle obama who some are saying will run in the next presidential election oh my goodness she's she is above reproach she was at the white house yesterday i don't know whether she was uh measuring the drapes again but so let me, just for your audience, a Mary Sue is someone that arrives on the scene and didn't have to go through any trials or tribulations. Even the son of God had to go through those. But this person comes fresh out of the wrapper. They're like this paladin, perfect figure. There's no character development because they're already this sort of messianic savior figure. Barack Obama, they pushed a lot of that when he ran in 2008, that he was post-racial, that he was some kind of, remember that phrase, by the way, post-racial. As soon as he got elected, we got, as soon as we got elected, it was like we were fighting the civil war again. We didn't ask for that. We didn't ask for Black Lives Matter to exist. They pushed it to exist, okay? Because most people were getting along just fine. Barack Obama, of all people, had a white mother from Kansas. So let's pipe down. He was elected by a majority of the country twice. The majority of the country's white. So unless all those people are racist too, put a put a sock in it as far as that concerned. But with a Mary Sue, so Kamala, I think they thought they were getting kind of a female version of Barack with Kamala. She was the attorney general. She was a U.S. senator, but she seems. And look, I'm talking to you live here from Swamp Central, Washington D.C., <laughs> and I've seen a lot of people managed in this town, overmanaged, undermanaged, and she can't keep a staff. So something's going on over there. The media is doing their best to keep her as this sort of perfect glass ceiling shattering icon, but she's not doing them any favors. And even some of them are starting to turn and be like, wow, maybe this wasn't an A student afterward. After all, maybe this was a backbencher. You got to remember 
Barack Obama beat Hillary Clinton. So there was some talent there. Absolutely. Um, the, the establishment was not for him. No, but he I mean, was Bill, brilliant. He is brilliant. His oration skills are superb. His speech at the DNC that there's no blue America or red America. Oh, four. That was oh. 2004. It was right. glorious. But now we have people who can't put sentences together and it's disheartening. So we're seeing this, this Mary Sue untouchable. You can't look at her background. You can't challenge her. There's really no hope if you can't challenge her. So Joe Biden is basically at this point, he's like this reanimated corpse. He's the leader of the Woking Dead, right? He's just this sort of upright meat puppet and nobody knows who's pulling the strings it might be susan rice a good question no no relation it might be ron it might be ron Klain. but the idea i watched the media the idea that he would go to philadelphia my city to the cradle of liberty to the city that invented not just america but invented the marine in a bar and put the marine corps behind him and come out like he was soren leaving mordor here to give a speech at middle earth and he was just like this dark emperor talking about 75 million people. Oh. It's outrageous. He trashed us worse than Lincoln ever trashed the Confederacy. So that just that shows you where they're at mentally. And then the media watches it. They love every minute of it because we went in five short years, Michelle, we went from alt-right to deplorables to... Ultra MAGA, now we're semi-fascists. You and I pretty soon, we're going to be Mr. and Mrs. Mussolini any day now, according to them. And they have no problem with it. Mankind has this propensity for ugliness okay and we've seen it come out and there is a frustration growing and if we're not careful we could find ourselves on the cusp of an outright physical civil war this is just getting crazy and aj i wanted to talk about another issue that flirts along the lines of the kamala harris uh, the obamas the situational racism a phrase that you use in the book they pick and choose who to protect and who not so I'm in Virginia, right across the river here from the swamp, and we had a governor. We had a governor in this state, a Democrat governor, who in his college yearbook, and we don't know which one he was. He was either the guy on the left, which was in a Klansman hood, or the guy on the right who was in blackface. Yeah. And he was calling him he was call, he was calling himself Coon Man as his college nickname. Oh, and nobody cared. No one cared. This he's a do, he's a medical doctor. And look, this was like 1985. This wasn't 1925. This wasn't that long ago. And some you know, look, Virginia governors are protected in the sense that you can only run for one term consecutively. So you can do whatever you want. But the fact that there was no outrage there, just like every other type of outrage, just the, like the fact that. Hunter Biden could smoke crack and run around with prostitutes all day long and do no, no jail time. And there's African-American women sitting in prison right now. They got picked up with a little bag of something and they're there for 20 years. So the hypocrisy has no bounds. They don't see racism in their own people. Look, Joe Biden, some of the stuff he said, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. Can you imagine Reagan or George W. Bush or Trump saying that? They'd have been they'd have been skinned alive. So two look. tiers of justice that we're seeing Absolutely. here. And that's that's why it's important to you 
whatever your ideology, however you vote, whatever your state of wokeism or be the wake, it's important for us because that that two tiers of justice eventually works its way to you. Back to Mary Sue, there's a Mary Sue of countries. I think you alluded to Joe Biden as the first Chinese president. You touch on sports is a big deal to me and it has worked its way into the sports arena. China is a big factor in wokeism. Bring it, AJ. Bring it. <laughs> well, general, yeah. So General Spaulding, who gave me a blur for the book, he's a Chinese expert on China. Yeah. He gave me a blur for the book that said China loves wokeism because China loves anything that makes America weak. If you think of if you think of wokeism, and it comes in many forms, it's cancel culture, it's CRT, cultural Marxism, it's a cultural right. Think of it as a retrovirus that lowers America's immune system, right? You attack the family, you attack churches, you attack the constitution, you attack capitalism, and you bring us down in the mud with them, into the swamp with them. And you, we, our immune system gets lowered, and then something else comes along and knocks you out. Something else comes along and kills you, like pneumonia. But in this case, it could be China, it could be Iran, it could be North Korea, it could be any mm. number of things. Because, look, if I was any one of those dictatorships, and I saw the man falling off bikes at the White House, I would do whatever the heck I wanted. I would absolutely try to take Taiwan tomorrow. I might try to park a, a submarine in Nancy Pelosi's driveway if I were China. In San Francisco, for me, look, China, they embrace all these corporations, a lot of which have gone woke, that are pushing grooming their of children. They're pushing all kinds of alternative lifestyles that if you want to go be some, one of these things as an adult, fine. But don't exactly. be pushing it through the go- don't be pushing it through the government schools and don't be pushing it subliminally through your entertainment. But I guess the, here's the calculation for Nike, for the NBA, for Disney, mm-hmm. Levi's jeans. I think they're willing to lose Rice's money and Mendoza's money, these corporations, because they'll replace it with 1.3 billion Chicoms and their money. I think they're willing to lose half our market. And certainly the late night hosts in the United States that are lazy, they tell the same jokes every night, they're certain to have it replaced with something. It might not be as easy because... Most of them are only on here. Jimmy Kimmel works for ABC and ABC is owned by Disney. So they're protected because that's the market they want. So our market gets wokeism. And interestingly, their market, when they send this stuff overseas, they'll edit out a gay character for them. Yes. They'll edit out just things for the thing that'll upset the CCP gets taken out. But millions of religious, devout, Orthodox Jews and Catholics and evangelicals, they're not editing stuff in and out for us. For us, it's shut up and take your woke medicine. (laughs) Speaking of medicine, I think one of my oh dang moments of the book, just really funny. You said Americans have to show ID to buy cough syrup. But non-Americans don't have to show ID to vote or receive benefits financed by Americans. If you're not paying attention, these things just subtly go by you and you eventually learn to live with it. 100%. And look, can't, can't, can't buy Claritin, can't buy cough syrup, 
but the doctors will push a vaccine on you. If you're, you're pregnant, you can't have sushi, you can't have salami, you can't go get Botox, well, you can have one of these vaccines. 40%, AJ, 40% of women in the trials lost their children who were pregnant and got vaccines, and we didn't care, and we still don't care because it's way underreported. That leads me to the final segment that we have time for today, This is a tough one. Virtue signaling. Americans want to be good people. In order to be a good person, you have to A, B, C, or D. And then we put on masks that do nothing. And we do other things that are virtue signaling. That makes it difficult for the average American because we want to be good. Virtue signaling is a way to show that you're complying with the regime. (laughs) And this should sound familiar because history is littered with this. Yes. There were Jewish people that voluntarily marked their own home so that the Germans would leave them alone. I live in Northern Virginia, and I'm telling you, I have been I have lived on some of the lilliest white streets in America. These people, they're in million dollar homes. They're driving Mercedes. They've got wonderful, their children are in some wonderful private school, not getting, not getting attacked by some of this woke craziness from their loony teachers. And they're dangling, flapping in the wind off the front of their porch is a Black Lives Matter flag. Trying to keep them, trying to, I was like, if you march up my street, I'm down with the struggle. So leave my house alone. Don't loot me. So these people, they love his love signs. The goo, what is the one? Coexist, bumper stickers, putting a mask on your face. A lot of this is people trying to get their, what in other countries like China, like you just mentioned, their social credit score, right? This is our (laughs) social, this is our social credit score. This is, you see, I don't talk about microaggressions. I reject the patriarchy. I teach my, my, my children can choose what gender they are. I don't allow toxic masculinity in the home. So no NASCAR, no football, no pro wrestling. No, at this point, toxic masculinity might be badminton at this point. But this is what they're doing because they're inside, they're trapped. They're captured by the government and by some of the woke and dead in the culture. And they're trying to... It used to be keeping up with the Joneses is I got a pool and you got a pool. Now it's how many kooky left wing flags can I stick in my front yard so everyone knows that I'm my social credit score is through the roof and everyone should love me and nothing bad will happen to me because I'm a good person because of how woke I am. Final question. What, do, what does the average American do? My answer is engage with people, continue to stand for what's right, love people who think differently. They may have never seen and they may be very afraid of people like AJ. These people who think differently, it's a scary thing for them. Show them that there is life beyond being the woking dead. That's my hope. What say you, AJ? Take us home. Look, I'm from Northeast Philadelphia. I grew up in a potpourri of everything. I'm a sports guy. Yeah. I don't look at I don't look at the color of the skin of the player. Larry Bird was good because he's good. Muhammad Ali's good because he's good. Venus and Serena Williams or John McEnroe. It doesn't matter for me because it's all, ladies and gentlemen, about excellence. Do not allow the Woking Dead to define your world through identity. 
pick something, be great at it, be excellent because the diversity purveyors, none of that's going to get you anywhere focusing on identity all the time. And the one thing I'll add, how do we fix this? You mentioned it a little bit, and this is a newsflash to Liz Cheney. There is an insurrection going on in America. The news media might not be talking about it, but it's a rebellion of parents. Take back your schools. You saw it in Virginia with Youngkin's win. You saw it when Miami-Dade County just flipped their school board from blue to red. It's coming. They want to pretend like it's not coming. That's why they're making kooky speeches like last week in Philadelphia. Stay on target. Fight for your communities, your church, your family. Get out there. Wear a GoPro camera if you have to. Go in there and take back your school districts if you decide to go the public school route. And vote. Vote with your wallet. Turn off Disney. There's plenty of options to entertain yourself. More than ever, right? We've got a million options. We don't even need cable anymore. We can just click around or whatever. So vote and vote with your feet in November. Get a copy of The Woking Dead. Go out to the polls. Wave it around in those phony poll watchers' faces. (laughs) And take back your country. I love it, AJ. I appreciate it. Remember, check your worldview. If it doesn't line up and it breaks down quickly, you realize maybe you're on shaky ground and maybe it's time to wake up instead of being woke. Pick up the book, Woking Dead. And by the way, I do have a copy of The Woking Dead for one of our listeners today. Go to MyMichelleLive.com, contact us, and in your email, tell me why you should have a copy of The Woking Dead. You can also click on the link, buy a copy for yourself and for a friend. Thank you, AJ, for joining me today. And thank you for listening. Like, share, subscribe. God bless you. More news and views at mymichellelive.com.